to Ostrava in the Czech Republic, a city hosting the World Junior Championship for the second time. Canada won gold here in 1994 in the old round-robin format. Now a gold medal game between Canada and Russia. The ninth time they've faced each other in the gold medal game. They've split the previous eight meetings. The referees are Lassie Heikkinen and Christian Vickman, both from Finland. The linesman from Slovakia and from Sweden. Starting in goal for Russia, 19-year-old Amir Miftahov, who shut Canada out on 28 shots in the round robin, came on in relief for the Russians in their semi-final win against Sweden. And for Canada, it is Joel Hofer, who has been lights out for the Canadians, leads the tournament with a 9.46 save percentage. Canada's allowed just four goals against in his last four games. Valery Bragan is in his ninth time as the head coach of the Russian national junior team. One gold in 2011, four silver, and two bronze medals. And for Canada, it is Dale Hunter. 20 years in London with the Knights. Also coached the Washington Capitals for one year. He's a two-time Memorial Cup champion. Canada and Russia for the gold medal at the 2020 World Junior Hockey Championship. And here we go. Happy New Year. We're out of 2020, thank God. And welcome to episode number 14 of the Let's Remember Some Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Lucas McCarty and Prince Albert Saskatchewan. Joining me over the phone here is recording this on New Year's Eve in Wilkie. It is Phil Howman. Phil, Happy New Year. How are things out there? Thank you, good sir. And things are going quite well here. The, uh, year's, the year is finally done, and I have a few days to rest after the train wreck at Canada Post. Evergreen. So, <laughs> we're trying to figure out a way to wrap up this year, to kind of do a year-end episode. Usually, Phil would come on my old show, the Basic Hockey Podcast, and we do the Jackass Ballot to wrap up the hockey season and also the World Juniors preview show kind of thing. So I figured we'd kind of wrap things up and pick a game of the year for 2020. Now, the thing is, Phil, before we give away what... Okay, actually, we couldn't say away what game we're doing. Before we explain what game we are doing, because people who clicked on the show will know what we're doing already, um, kind of the process trying to pick a show is interesting because a lot of stuff for the best games of the year, we got to let some time set a little bit, I think. Yeah, exactly. We couldn't necessarily pick something that was on on the air two two weeks ago. Cause didn't have much time to marinate and let it digest. So the game that we're about to do seemed like a very wise choice when it came to wow factor games that it we we gave time to not necessarily forget about, but kind of let it lapse a little. Well, the thing is, too, like, I've been using this opportunity to dunk on TSN's top 10 games list a bit here. Because that list was, I don't know what was happening there. The game that we're doing wasn't on the list, so I don't know. They, they have the rights to it! Exactly. <laughs> anyway, like, stuff that's happened, like, during the college football season, like the Clemson-Notre Dame game, which made the list. I'm like, well, Clemson then murders Notre Dame, and we still have the playoff, which is taking place as we record this 24 hours from now. So a lot could change in what that game actually means. Exactly. Um, when we go forward. Uh, also, stuff like Game Four of the World Series between the Rays and uh, White Sox, or the White Sox, the Rays and the Dodgers. That wild finish, there, the White Sox, like the World Series against the Rays. What the hell league is we in? Um, that needs some time to set a little bit. Like the college games as of late, like the Cure Bowl last week between Coastal Carolina and uh, Liberty. That needs some time to set. We're not reviewing yes. the brawl that just happened between <laughs> Mississippi State and Air Force or Air Force uh, Tulsa. Yeah. Um, also, like stuff like last night's game, we talked about it, it was game of the year candidate between Russia and Sweden. That tournament's not yeah. over yet with the World Juniors, so that wouldn't work. Also, yeah. the five overtime game, which also didn't make TSN's list. 
Sure. <laughs> between yeah. the Bolts and the... I mean, we could have done that game to the Bolts and the Blue Jackets, but we just did a five-overtime game. I think we should wait a bit before doing it. I was just, just going to say, I feel like that, that we should at least give that six months before before we start deep-diving that game again. Mm-hmm. And start deep-diving long overtime. Well, there's a bunch of long overtime games I think we're going to do first before that. Exactly. I mean, there's other stuff, too. Like, the Super Bowl would have been a possibility for stuff that's earlier this year. Um, I mean, it's not on YouTube. But if the Manitoba Ladies final between Carrie Irish and Jennifer Jones had been on there, that would have been the game because that game was a train wreck. Exactly. That would have been that, that was an absolute mess. Um, and I mean, I didn't want to make Phil watch a Talladega race or any of Kyle Larson's <laughs> World of Outlaw wins this year. Because <laughs> Phil would be like, What? Why? <laughs> I mean, I'm sure we could have found like some random, you know, uh, North Wilkesboro race from the nineties. Oh culture. But... <laughs> but anyway, the game we have chosen, as you probably already know by now, having heard the intro, is this year's, or this past year's, World Junior Gold Medal game take place on January 5th of 2020 between Canada and Russia over in the Czech Republic. Phil, I think, as we're trying to decide what we're going to do here, uh, this was kind of a no-brainer. Absolutely. It was uh, not only the best game of the tournament, but it, it was the nice icing on a cake of what was a kind of a wonky start to the tournament for Canada, but it Joel Holford came in and plugged up all the holes on the ship and it set sail right to the gold medal game. Mm-hmm. So we'll kind of set the scene. Actually, we set the scene first uh, for the fact of how we watched this game originally. I saw this in bits and pieces because I was covering a minor hockey tournament in Prince Albert and then I was at a Prince Albert Northern Bears with current Wildcats game, so I listened to the finish via Sirius. I think it was on, yeah, I was listening to the finish on Sirius XM. Yes. So I knew what was happening. You were in your palatial estates in Wilkie, so you saw the whole thing. Yes, I, I, I vividly remember watching the game on the couch that I'm sitting on right now at, live, so it was all genuine reactions throughout the whole entire thing. Mm-hmm. So let's go over a little bit and set the scene for what's happening here. We'll start off with Canada. Head coach is Dale Hunter of the London Knights. His only other job with Hockey Canada prior to this, the head coach, was the 2013 Olinka Gretzky Cup team, then the Ivan Holinka Memorial Tournament, which they won goal at. Uh, back from last year's team were Jared McIsaac and Ty Smith on defense, forwards Barrett Hayton. Guess what team he plays for? You're going to hear me talk a lot about that in the show. Much to Phil's chagrin. Shut up. Uh, there's no one's not attack player. Don't be upset. Uh, Alexis Lafreniere and Joe Valeno also back from last year's team. Valeno playing in the AHL, Hayton in the NHL, kind of, with the Arizona Coyotes. Uh, draft eligible players on the team. Re-entry, Nico Dawes uh, from the Guelph Storm and goal. Defense from Jamie Drysdale, Forrest Quinton Byfield, Lafreniere, and Dawson Mercer. Uh, in the last tournament in Vancouver and Victoria, BC, they lost in the quarterfinals for the first time since 2016. Uh, prior to that, they lost in the final in a shootout to... United States in 2017, and then won over Sweden in 2018. Some guy named Tyler Steenberg and scored a winning goal there. It, it, I remember. Go ahead. I, I I remember running through my house yelling Tyler Steenberg because that was the only that, that was the only goal of the tournament mm-hmm. for him. Or you said that was the only goal in the tournament. Like there was more than one goal in the tournament. <laughs> sure. So Finland or Finland? I'm getting ahead of myself. So Canada goes up against Finland in the. Semi-final in a quarterfinal round. Canada finished second in Group A in 2019. Uh, after winning the first three games, they lost 2-1 on New Year's Eve to uh, Russia, uh, Sweden, or Sweden. I'm getting ahead. Of my, I'm going all over the place here. I'm drunk apparently. <laughs> Phil's the one is actually <laughs> drinking. I don't know what's happening here. So Finland was third in Group B, so that sets up the meeting with 
Canada instead of what would have been Canada Slovakia if they had won the group. So in the quarterfinal game uh, against Finland, it's one now for the longest time after an Ian Mitchell goal uh, in about the, in the second period of play. Things looking pretty good for Canada. Alexi Hapuniemi scores late. Penalty shot in overtime for Maxim Comtois, which is stopped uh, by Uko Pekka Lukanen. Noah Dobson stick breaks on a scoring chance. Tony Uden with a shot that deflects off Cody Glass's stick and goes top corner Michael DiPietro. The crowd is stunned. Finland escapes with a 2 1 win. It was highway Which, robbery. I, 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 I remember watching that game too and just in shock and awe of how. Uh, of how. I'm, I want to use the word in Canada got jobbed, but the only. That was a it, robbery. It wasn't. Yes. It was. It wasn't anybody's fault. It was just all the bullshit luck that Canada had that they just couldn't score anything. Like they couldn't, they couldn't even hit the broadside of my bun at, the, at 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 that point. Well, maybe Tim Hunter should have played freaking Morgan Frost with a leading score in overtime. <laughs> just saying, Tim. <laughs> Shot in the dark. As for Russia, leading into this tournament, head coach is Valerie Bragg, and back once again, be the head coach since the 2015 tournament, but also there in 11 and 12. Back from the team from the 2019 tournament. Goaltender Amir Miftahov, though granted he was a third goal, he didn't play that year. Defenseman Alexander Romanov and Daniel Zerlovov. And then forwards Gregory Denisenko, Kirill Marchenko, Ivan Morozov, and Vasily Potkolzin. Uh, draft eligible players. Miftahov was back in the draft, as was Igor Sokolov as a re-entry of forward. Maxim Groshev's in the draft. And some goalie by the name of Yaroslav Askarov, Askarov, whatever you want to call him. We're calling him Askarov because that's what I know him as. Exactly. <laughs> um... In the previous tournament, uh, they lost the semifinals. They had four known group A. We mentioned a win over Canada on New Year's Eve. Then lost 2-1 to the United States in the semifinals. Then picked up a 5-2 win over Switzerland to bring home a bronze medal. Uh, Gregory Denisenko was tied with Alexi Hepaniemi uh, for the tournament lead in scoring of nine points. Alexander Romanov was a top defenseman. And uh, Piotr Kochkov, I think is how you say it, uh, was the goaltender of the tournament that year. Now, since winning in 2011 over Canada with five third-period goals for a 5-3 win over Buffalo, Russia had lost three tournament finals. They lost one nothing in overtime to Sweden. Mika Zibanejad was the hero in that game uh, where they were outshot 58-17. Only. <laughs> Andre Makarov, Blades goalie, was the star of that game, by the way. Yes. Let's remember some, let's remember some <laughs> dub, guys. <laughs> Uh, in 2015, Canada picked up a 5-4 win. Russia was down 5-1 midway through the second period and then scored three goals in three minutes to get within a goal. A really good game there. Then in 2016, my boys, Finland, a 4-3 overtime win. Finland took the lead of 209 left and frickin' Russia tied it with six seconds left to go. Kasperi Kapanen scores early in the overtime as the golden goal. Everybody in Finland is happy. And I was as well. Phil wasn't, though he didn't really know me yet. <laughs> <laughs> The tournament is in the Czech Republic. It's in Ostrava for the first time since 1994 when Canada won the old round robin format. And Tiernik was the other city. That's the first time they had hosted. Czechs last hosted the tournament in 2008 when Canada beat Sweden in overtime. Matt Halischuk was your overtime winner, Phil. Let's remember some guys. I'll say. So let's get to the group. First of all, the round robin standings. In group A, Sweden finished first of 11 points. Going undefeated in the round robin again. Streak that ended uh, as we record this last night. Um, when Alexander or when uh, Russia took up the win on boxing or on boxing, I'm all over the place again. Russia ended Sweden Street last night, December 30th, 2020. Streak of yes. last back in 2006. So, why did I mention boxing date? Well, because the clo another close opportunity that almost ended the streaks for Sweden happened 
during this tournament. Alexander Holt scored an overtime winner on Boxing Day to beat Finland 3-2. The rest of the Group A standings, Switzerland was uh, had 9 points to finish in 2nd. Finland had 7 points for 3rd. Slovakia was 4 for 3 points. Kazakhstan, no points. Uh, as for Group B, which was a dumpster fire, um, Canada had 9 points. Uh, they won 6-4 they six for the U.S., lost 6-0 to Russia on uh, the second game of the tournament, then picked up 4-1 and 7-2 wins over the Czech Republic and Germany uh, to round out the round robin uh, in Group A to finish on the top spot with that regulation win. The 7-2 win over the Czech Republic finished it off. Germany was a 4-1 win. Now, the USA had 8 points. They lost. They picked up a 4-3 win in overtime over the Czech Republic uh, thanks to Cole Caulfield scoring in that one. That kind of clinched in that spot for second. I think they still could have had a chance if Canada had lost to get first in the group, but if they were in a tiebreaker for regulation win, Canada would yeah. have that as a tiebreaker by winning head-to-head. Yes. Uh, Russia was third in Group B, 4-3 loss to the Czech Republic. Then after beating Canada, bit 3-1 over the USA and 6-1 over Germany. Uh, the 3-1 loss to USA followed by a 6-1 win over Germany. Uh, Czech Republic lost 4-3 to Germany, but did get that uh, win over Russia to start a tournament, and that overtime yes. loss ends up putting them ahead of Germany by one yes. point to get into the playoff round. Germany beats Kazakhstan in relegation tournament 2-1. Otherwise, they lost that <laughs> tournament. Could have had Kazakhstan and Austria and no Tim Stutzel in Edmonton. Exactly. Could you have imagined? <laughs> yeah, right. Quarterfinal round: Russia beat Switzerland three to one. Dmitry Vornikov with two goals. Sweden have a five nothing win over Czech Republic. Hugo Alfeld with twenty three saves. Set out Nils Hallanger two goals and an assist. Canada cruised to a six one win over Slovakia. Barrett Hayton two goals and an assist. And Finland winning the gold medal rematch over the United States one nothing. Justice Anunu with a thirty save shutout. Jonas Odin scoring a game winning goal early in the third period. Semi-final. Get this, Phil. Russia and Sweden had another amazing game. Imagine that. 5-4 win for Russia. Alex Morozov was the overtime hero as Sweden crashed out in the middle round again. Yeah, I hate to see it. Uh, <laughs> Igor Stokov with two goals. Former Sue Greyhound, Rasmus Sandin, with two goals and two assists in that game for Sweden. Phil's triggered. Canada yes, of course. got revenge on Finland with a 5 nothing convincing 5 nothing win in the semi-final round. Joe Hofer, a 32-save shutout, and Alexis Lafreniere with two goals. On uh, the bronze medal game, Sweden 3, Finland 2, which takes place just before this one. Samuel Fajimo with a goal and an assist. He has 13 points to lead the tournament in scoring, and then we ended up holding that off by one point over Barrett Hayton, though Alexis Lafreniere had 10 points in five games. All right. So some notes about this tur- going into before we get this game rolling, some of the storylines. Bowen Byron missed the semifinal due to a stomach bug, and from what they were saying during the game at some point, uh, they're trying to keep people away from Bowen. Spoilers, Bowen Byron was pretty good in this game. I I, I know this shocks you to hear. <laughs> Bowen Byron was good? Uh, Alexis Lafreniere had missed the, most of the round robin. He got hurt in the second game of a knee injury on a rush. Uh, so he misses everything. doesn't come back until the playoff round. Now, realistically, in about three and a quarter games, eight points. <laughs> Is that, that good? That good. Uh, that good. <laughs> the other one, other storyline was Barrett Hayton. Uh, Hayton, who had caused a bit of controversy earlier in the tournament because he didn't take his helmet off for the national anthem after a 6-7 loss to Russia, buggered up his left shoulder pretty good in a race for the puck with finished blue liner Ottawa Senators prospect and Kelowna Rockets defenseman a couple years earlier, Lassie Thompson. So another big storyline, you know, here to talk about this a little bit throughout the course of the game and doing our notes, didn't know if Hayton was going to play until the game itself. Yes. Which... Turns out to be pretty darn good in hindsight <laughs> that he ended up playing. 
but I'm biased. All right, the other big storyline is the goaltenders. Do you want to start with Canada or Russia first? Because this goes either way. Exactly. That doesn't answer my question. I said, do you want to start with Canada or Russia first? You do not answer exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that proves how many drinks I've had. Uh, we'll start with Canada. All right, so Nico Dodds will end up being the starting goalie for the tournament. Uh, he ends up getting pulled during the uh, that first round robin game against our second round game against Russia uh, yes. after allowing four goals in the first 22 minutes. And after that, Joel Hofer just goes re- beast mode. Yeah, yeah. And and what and, and one could have argued that Joel Hofer was the best goaltender out of the three that they took to the Czech Republic anyways. But, I mean, I I had zero issue with giving Nico, with giving Nico Dawes the starts. But when he kind of Im- Im- imploded in that... Russia game, you knew it was Joel Joel Hofer's ship. Poor Olivia to, to 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 drive. Poor Olivier Rodrigue, just sitting there and just like, oh, you're not right? not even get a chance. Oh man. <laughs> then there's Russia. Yaroslav yeah. Askarov comes in as a undrafted guy, and shockingly, because Rob Reagan doesn't do this, ends up being a starter. <laughs> right. For the opening game, because I'm getting ready to board a plane back home from the Sioux on the 26th, and then I see on Twitter. Askarov starting like, what? Well, yeah. <laughs> uh, the first game doesn't go really all that well. He allows four goals in the first two periods on 17 shots. So Amir Mitrohov comes in uh, for what we expect the rest of the tournament, especially after that 6-0 win. Uh, yes. In that Russia game against the United States, Mitrohov gets pulled again. <laughs> uh, that's 3-1 game. Uh, Spencer Knight in goal. Hmm, I'm noticing a trend of guys that came back this year. Uh, Mivtov is pulled early in the third period after allowing the third goal on 18 shots. Askarov finishes out the game. Askarov gets a start against Germany. Only allows a goal late on 23 shots. Others have had a shutout there. Then in the medal round, he gets to start again. Uh, makes 14 saves in a 3-1 win. And then in the bronze medal game, or not the bronze medal game, in the semifinal game, he gets pulled again in favor of Mivtov because in that contest against Sweden... Uh, he gets pulled after allowing... I'm just double-checking my stat sheet here because I have it right in front of me. Uh, after allowing four goals in that game, he allowed three, three goals in the first period. It was only 3-2. So it's like... Or Russia's up 3-2 at that point. So it's like, okay, we'll see what happens here. And then after yeah. allowing that 4-3 goal about four minutes in the third period, that's when he gets pulled. Sokolov scores after that, and it goes to overtime. So, I mean, at that point, Mikhov's coming back in. But with Russia, it's kind of like, okay, how are things yeah. going to go here? <laughs> Yeah, the Russian goaltending, oh, it, it seemed to be more of a carousel than it seemed to be who was hot. Because they just, I mean, Russia's kind of known for just pulling guys on the whim. But it seemed to be they were giving the hook for the goal. With the with the exception of Askarov getting pulled in the, in the, in the first game, mm-hmm. it... It seemed it seemed like that they were pulling the goaltenders too 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 quickly. So I found it fascinating that they had given Miftahov the start for the final, but it was kind of expected. I mean, I haven't was. I haven't watched that game in full in a while, so Miftahov could have been really good at the end of that semi too. So yeah, yeah, exactly. Anyway, so those are your starting goalie matchups um, and all the other storylines. Your announcers, the TSN feed, so you don't hear. Um, at least, I think you hear very briefly in the post game and the start of the game. James Duffy, Jeff O'Neill, uh, Bobby Mack in the uh, booth, there, or not the booth, but in the studio. Um, our in-ring reporters you'll hear at the very end is Tessa Benham. So, no real test cameos until the end. 
And then our main announcers, Gord Miller and Ray Ferraro. Oh, uh, it's It's not like a bad World Junior game where Gord and Ray just start going off the rails. And, and they're digging deep into the stats bucket of trying to find this or that. Like they were doing with the Austria games this year. Yes, but <laughs> it's outstanding stuff all around. All right, Phil, let's yes. finally start talking about this game then. <laughs> Trust me, it's going to be this wild journey in this one if you don't already know what happens. So in the first oh. period, Canada gets a chance of almost a minute in as Liam putting up a floating backhander that goes off the post. As Ray is talking about how shocked he is that Hayton is taking his shift about a minute and a half into the contest, Morozov, Alex Morozov makes a real nice save that's stopped by Nikita Alexandrov. Uh, Nikita Alexandrov stopped by Joel Hofer. Uh, about five minutes into the period, Canada gets called a tripping penalty for Jared McIsaac. I guess. He gets a stick into Alex Hovenoff's skates and Hofer gives him a shove. But more importantly, listen carefully to the music in the background. Puck loose along the boards, played back by Denisenko, and a penalty coming to Canada. Hovenoff was spilled, and the Russians will get the game's first power play four minutes and five seconds in. And Jared McIsaac will go off. This Russian power play started out just terribly, but they've got seven power play goals in the last three games. Special teams likely have a factor, of course, in a one-game final. McIsaac is trying to box out Havanov. His stick gets tied up in his feet, and just when his stick is there, the goaltender Hofer gives him a shove as well. So Canada's penalty killers will get to work here early. Phil, there's one regret I have about this year's tournament. Sure, there's no fans and all that. The lack of the trolling penalty music from the Czech Republic DJ. In the middle of the tournament last year, I got a text from uh, a good a good friend of mine that I was coaching the uh, Battle for Sharks, Kelsey Hood. Sub Kelsey. And, 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 she, and, and, and she said, I want I want to hear that at, at the game. So I said, I don't fucking know what song that is. <laughs> <laughs> and a day and a day later, I get another text with the name of the song and and whatever band or musical, uh, whoever. So I was like, okay, cool. One iTunes purchase later, and you're hearing a Battle for Chugs games during the playoffs, and I could see everybody's just shaking their heads in the stands, going, "Why? Culture? Yes. That's why." Exactly. <laughs> um, not really much happens on the power play. Uh, about a minute and a bit into the power play, the puck floats over to Gregory Denisenko, but he can't get a clean shot off, so Canada kills that one off. Breaking analysis here, Phil. They should hire me for the panel because of this. Dylan Cousins is really fast. Who? Eh. Unfamiliar with him whatsoever. Really struggling at this year's tournament, let me tell you. <laughs> Uh, 13.02 left in the period. Alexis Lafreniere finds Jeremy Kaiser a shot that goes high, but I think it ends up being blocked. Then Dmitry Veronikov gets a really nice rush, but it's a backhander to the middle of nowhere about 30 seconds later. Halfway through the period, there's a really nice give-and-go play of Alexis Lafreniere and Barrett Hayton. It's broke up by Igor Zamuo, the Calgary hitman. A really nice play. Next penalty comes up, about 9.16 left in the period. Alexandrov gets called for slashing on Valeno. I guess. I'd argue Morozov got him more than he got than Alexandrov getting Joe Valeno on that play, but sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, out, of, out of all the penalties called on Canada in, in this game, we'll, we'll get to that later later on but all of the first period penalties i seen i seem to to think that they were actual penalties and not quite ref puck but they, a, were, they, they were 
you could you could argue one way or or, or the other on mm-hmm. all the first period once. Um, Barrett Hayton with a big shot that's blocked by Habs prospect. Oh, great, we're talking about Habs prospects. Alexander Romanov. <laughs> Romanov gets looked on the bench after that, but he ends up coming back into the game. Then, about 27 seconds left in that power play, penalty is called as Joe Valeno tries to send uh, Ilya Sorkin stick into Rose Zed. That is apparently an interference penalty. I don't see why. <laughs> yeah. Just flung the puck, or flung the stick eight feet in the air. Now, play on, I say. <laughs> That's hockey play. Come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> Sask West, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe I'd have help with Titans game. But... <laughs> Roll Jungle B. <laughs> anyway, so uh, we end up being four on four for about 27 seconds. Russia power play for a minute 33. Just as the Russia power play starts, and after a really nice rush by Liam Thudy, Connor McMichael gets a backhander in the slot from a nice pass by Ty Smith. That ends up being stopped. Then a Senko then has a really big blast that's blocked by Akil Thomas, then five on five once again. Another penalty comes up. Uh, 4.55 left in the period. Ty Smith is called for holding on Kruglov. Ray Ferraro says that man is flopping. Well, he doesn't actually say that man is flopping, but that's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the point of the thing is there. And then the techno version of Sweet Caroline is playing. Because uh, <laughs> Because Europe. That is why that is playing. Exactly. Um, Roger gets a pretty decent chance, inadvertently, about a minute into that power play, as uh, working puck around. Kirill Marchenko with a pass that ends up going to trying to go to uh, Vasily Pod Colson. Ends up going directly off Jeremy Kaiznick's skate and almost in the five ball through Hover, but he's able to make the save. What a heel. <laughs> that gets killed off. Um, Kevin Ball is then called for a penalty a minute later for a slash on Voronkov. Canada fans seem rattled and get even more rattled as they want a cross checking penalty on Morozov for hitting Joe Valeno off the pace face off. There's a yeah. worse cross-checking thing that comes later that plays a big part in the game, but I won't give that away yet. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing happens on that power play. Canada's 4 for 4 on the penalty kill. Ray calls out a kick in the shins. Which is true. I mean... I mean, their best scoring chance was a puck that went off Jeremy Kaiser's skate, so I don't... <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. That, that, was, that was the thing about the Russian power play in the first period was that they, they never... They had things going, but nothing was happening all at the same time. Like, they were they, they were able to set up, but Kanda kept plugging up all of the shooting lanes and just keeping it, keeping them out in the wings, and it just, they, they, they just couldn't generate anything off of their setup. Mm-hmm. End of the period, Barrett Hayton tries to get a last-second shot off, ends up, go, his stick ends up hitting Sokolov, no penalty is called on the play, Thankfully, that ends the period. <laughs> yeah. Russia outshoots Canada 10 7, six of those shots coming on the power play, but no score after 20 minutes. Phil, your thoughts? Canada seemed to be. Canada got off really lucky considering all of the penalties that were called on them. And, and, and as I mentioned, they also were lucky because Russia just couldn't get that, that, that power play going. And it's, it, it'll, it'll matter. Those missed opportunities will matter. At nearing the the end of the the game, but Canada not I won't say Canada played bad, but they weren't a hundred percent. I mean, you wouldn't be a hundred percent too after you got shellacked six nothing in a in a tournament game against the opponent you're playing against too. 
in shellac. general, you wouldn't be 100% for getting shellac. Six nothing, I would say. <laughs> hot takes. Um, hot, hot, hot takes. Yeah. By the way, so there's no intermission, so commercials. So we can't do commercial analysis, Phil. I'm sorry. Yeah, boo. For 2020 yes. commercials, it's nowhere near as fun to me for like 80s commercials. Let's be honest, Phil. That's where, exactly. the, that's where the true culture is. Exactly. Give me all the old Nintendo commercials. On a TSN broadcast, they can't afford that. <laughs> um, second period gets underway again. Some early stuff, early early chances uh, for Canada right away. Scramble in front of the net after a shot by Dylan Cousins. Can a Russia is called for a penalty as defenseman um, Daniel Plinikov is called for holding the puck of the hand penalty. Always a fun international penalty to take in these tournaments. Uh, right after, a couple of a minute and a half or so into that power play. Lafreniere makes a great feed to Vlenov a one-timer that's stopped by Miftahov with his blocker. That ends the power play. Um, 15.44 left on the clock. Liam Foodie is mugged into the side of the net by Plinikov, but there's no call. Sure? Sure, yeah. That's what that was one ref, I went where on. <laughs> yeah, th that's where the ref puck kind of started in the second period was there. Mm-hmm. Um... Romanov, you can tell he's back in the game at this point because he just rocks Ty Delandria shortly after that. Then Hovanov makes this Alexander Hovanov makes this stupid or Hovanov if you're Gord makes this stupid rush up the ice. He splits between uh, Lafreniere Lavoie and Ty Smith. He's stopped by Hofer, Hovanov and Lavoie then get into a shoving match. <laughs> Basically, <laughs> a couple minutes later after that, Barrett Hayton is called for holding the stick penalty as he falls and takes Krogov with him. Sure. I mean, I think Hayton. I think Hayton kind of sold it, but let's be honest here. It's still a stump penalty. I was just, yeah, yeah, exactly. That's that's where that's where I thought that the penalties on Canada was starting to get a little chintzy. You again, you could argue that that's a penalty, but more times than not, you would just leave that one go. But I'm serious. Couple seconds into the Russian power play, Gord Miller says, Bakaizik tied up by Romanov. Gord Bakaizik was just murdered by Romanov. That's not a tie him. <laughs> exactly. Canada assistant coach and Saskatoon Blades bench boss Mitch Love is shook on the bench. He is demanding an elbow be called, which I guess. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah, sure. But I at mean, real time, yeah. you're not, I don't think, at real time, I just thought it was a clean hit. You can yeah, call anything yeah. a penalty for watching Super Slow Mo. Yes. Uh, famous last words being spoken here. Ray Ferraro. I'm at a loss why Russia starts with this power play here. They've had nothing going. As this happens, Marchenko gets by Byron and Bernard Dogger for a shot, but is stopped by the stick of Joe Hofer. Gord, you're <laughs> jinxing him here. Exactly. To be fair. <laughs> they had been terrible. In Ray's yeah, defense, <laughs> he, 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 he was right. For the first minute of all four power plays in the first period, that, that first power play line was absolutely atrocious but they threw the second power play line on, line on and all of a sudden they were starting to move the puck and get things going but by the time they finally be able to get a shot the power play would be over and be gone so mm -hmm. it was finally it was finally nice that that first power play unit got something going for russia a little bit more than that power play hover makes two big saves on morozov and tight and then we have this 35 seconds to go on the russian power play zamula feeds it back to denisenko Denisenko works in, walks right in, Denisenko in, shoots, and Hofer got a piece of that. Denisenko feeds that back to Zamula. Now Zamula along Risha, tip score! Alexandrov gets a piece, and the power play goal gets Russia a 1-0 lead. 
So Dennis Sanka waltzes his way around Mikaiza with a shot that goes wide. Hover may have got a piece of that. Uh, then Igor Zamova, a point shot that's redirected by Nikita Alexandrov on the power play. one nothing Russia. At first, I thought that went off Jacob Bernard Docker's arm. But as Arjana goes off a stick and between Hover's five hole, a point in every game for Alexandrov, which is confirmed after a long-ass video review. Alexandrov, second goal of the tournament. Zamula and Denisenko with the assist. one nothing Russia, 9.37 gone in the second period. Seems good. <laughs> Should hold the ref side and took twenty minutes. The... <laughs> About a minute later, a couple of things happen here. Firstly, Bernard Docker finds Cousins all alone in front. Where is the defense? Why is Dylan Cousins that alone in front of the right. net? Right. Uh, Miftah makes a save and a rebound that went to Lafreniere. Uh, Nine twenty-one. Canada gets a five-on-three. After that first cousin shot, Zerlov gets called for slashing, and then Voronkov gets called for a hold on Jared McIsaac. Welp. Yeah. Speaking of Welp, we're recording this as the USA-Sweden game is going on, and the U.S. just made a one nothing game. So you're going to hear instant analysis of our USA-Sweden yeah. game. I can tell, I can tell you'll, be, you'll be behind me once again, because I'm, I'm, I'm already watching the replay. Yes, I'm watching the replay now. Okay, so goes off NFL's... Oh, no! Yeah, that was a not... In, in live, that was not a pretty goal. And replay told me just as much. Drew Hellison with the goal there. Woof. Maybe you should have started Wallstead. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe you should start the good goaltender. Ooh. Should have started playing the Penguins prospect in the play all tournament. All right, back to this game. So Candace on a 5-on-3 power play. This happens. It's a huge moment in the game. Hello, with the face-off. Back to Addison. The Hayden. Aaron Hayden. Back to Addison. Damon Addison to Dylan Cousins. Valeno parked in front. Five on three for two minutes. Pete walks right in. Feeds it down to Lafreniere. Alexi Lafreniere. Lines in and shoots. Hit the hop save. Rebound. Loses it, but they score! Dylan Cousins ties the game! Lafreniere is stopped. There's a mad scramble in front of the net. Cousins scored in a second attempt after Joe Valeno was stopped. Miftov is triggered about something. I guess he wants interference, but where was the interference? Yeah, that, that's the thing, because he jumped up almost in, instantaneously and looked at the ref like he wanted a penalty. If anything, but I think even, it's his even, guy. Even he wasn't entirely sure what penalty he wanted called. He was just maybe was looking for something, anything that could make the ref look differently at it. But as far as I was concerned, there wasn't anything that made me think that there should be a penalty at all on that play. Mm -hmm. um, so, as a result of all that, uh, Cousins gets his second goal of the tournament with Joe Valeno, Alex Lafreniere getting the assist at 11-01. It is a 1-1 game at that point in time. About 30 seconds later, Canada gets another opportunity as they're still on the power play. Lafreniere finds Barrett Hayton in the face-off circle. He fires it high and wide. Spoilers, that shot that Hayton takes, a little bit of foreshadowing for something that happens about 10 minutes later in the game. <laughs> anyway, Russia kills that one off. Um, then we get two great chances for Canada here. Uh, Ty Delandia finds Liam Foodie on a two-on-one. That's off a Miftahov. Uh, Foodie then makes a great pass uh, about 20 seconds later to... Oh, and sound attack player. 
Phil's excited. His boys. Oh, yes. Aiden do this. <laughs> uh, stop puck bounces out in front of Delanger, but he can't get a stick on it. Then this happens. Ball comes on. Knocked down by Delandria. Picked up now by Foodie. Here's Judas with it. Going to drop that back. And Denisenko throws it back to center ice. In comes Hovanov with Sokolov. Hovanov spins back in the corner. And the hulking Sokolov comes in as well. He collides with Ball. Sokolov, 6'4", 240 pounds. Throws that back. Romanov fires. Saved by Hopper. Rebound. Moves it. But Hopper got be score. Denisenko gives Russia a 2-1 lead. Romanov shot his stop. There's a scramble in front of Denisenko scores on after jamming away at a puck that was just under Joel Hover's left pad. Denisenko's third goal of the tournament. Romanov and Igor Sokov with the assist at 1446. Russia is back in front 2-1. It, and it's 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 a goal that they were sniffing for for quite a while after Canada equalized. And, and if, we were, if, if we were talking about goalie interference and you know poking at the puck, there was more. You could argue that there was more interference with with, with Holford on that goal, but nobody looked at that. So I mean, just in terms of what you want to consider goalie interference. Granted, I don't think any of them are goalie interference, but who? What is refing? An age-old question exactly. in junior hockey. Exactly my point. <laughs> especially in, in especially in international hockey. So four fifty-five left to go in the period. Varankov finds Marchenko. That's. T- this is a crazy play because Runka finds Marchenko. Marchenko just turns around, then rushes off the ice, up the ice. Nice shot, a nice play by Leopard Hurricane through under Kalen Addison to take the lane away. And all Marchenko really has is a one handed backhand attempt that Hofer is able to turn aside. Uh, about ten, about a minute later, Jeremy Kaiser makes this huge block on a shot by Morozov and limps off the ice. He ends up being okay. Mithov then makes this really odd split save. It's a really nice save. Yeah, I was, yeah. I was just going to say, it's it's a save that's fantastic, but that's not something that Travis Harrington would teach in his goalie, in his goalie schools. Great reference. I don't think. Great name <laughs> drop. But, it's not, but the thing is, it's on a long-range attempt by Jacob Bernard Docker, which is like, why are you making that type of save? Anyway, Akil yeah. Thomas is, almost gets the puck in the scramble, can't quite get there. A few seconds later, Dylan Cunz dies. Figuratively, not literally. After blocking a long shot by Plinikov, Cousins is just getting off the ice, and then we get this bonker sequence. Bernard Docker has that pass knocked down by Marchenko at center ice, and Marchenko and Bernard Docker, a huge collision at the Canadian line. In comes Hayton. Barrett Hayton with a centering pass. Left a mirror shot, rebound. Looking at that, Bernard Docker a chance. That was blocked in front. The loose puck fired down the ice. What a chance there for Canada. A save and a blocked shot. Turn them away. This is the one problem about doing this podcast as an audio podcast as opposed to a video podcast. Because Gord kind of undersells how nuts this 10-second stretch is. Bernard Docker and Krill Marchenko just murder each other on a hit. It is a big boy collision at the blue line. That's like two semi-trucks hitting head-to-head. It was massive. Uh, 10 seconds after that, Hayton finds Lafreniere. His one-timer somehow stopped by Miftov. I don't think Miftov even knows where it is. Then yeah. Bernard Dogger with blast that somehow stopped as well. I think Romanov comes across and blocks it just before it gets to Miftov. Then Igor's will clears it out for an icing. But yeah, this is just a wild sequence here. The, 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 F, F, everything is happening, and, and even after watching the replays three, four, or five times, you're still not 100% sure what happened. 
you just know that it was just batshit insane what you just watched. Speaking of insane, there's now two nothing for the United States. Uh, that was that was a better looking goal than the one nothing goal. Um, uh, I, I, but, but <laughs> there's a pretty low standard compared. It's to a really nice goal. shot by Trevor Zegers, but yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I don't know, two again. goals on five shots seems bad at this moment in time. Austria, that'd be a good start for Austria. <laughs> anyway, after, so we're in the last minute or so in this period. Two quick chances again after that Zamula icing. Joe Over makes two quick saves on Sorkin and Krulikov. Ty Belangia finds no one foot in the slot, but foot can't get a stick to it. Then, end of the period, everyone's saying hello to one another. Barrett Hayton gives a little hook to Igor Zamula. Zamula puts a stick in his face. That's a roughing yeah, penalty. Good yeah. job, Barrett. <laughs> Nothing says hello like a cross check to the face. He's, he's, he's essentially and something that Zamula shouldn't have done in any stretch of the imagination, but congratulations, you get a power plate to set the third period. At the same time, I would argue that. Hayton shouldn't be doing that either, but yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll give you, I'll give you that too. It's also worth noting since, <laughs> since we're talking about power play that oh. that because uh, Lafreniere doesn't kill, uh, doesn't kill uh, penalties. So during all of the penalties that Canada had in the first period and the second period, he's sitting on the bench, so he's got maybe half the amount of ice time that he should through two through two periods of play. And he's still been fantastic, so it's just something worth noting well, heading get, into the third period. He's getting nice time, unlike Quentin Byfield, who's <laughs> even playing this game. Man, <laughs> anywho, Russia leads two to one after forty minutes of play. The shots are twenty-four to twenty-three for Russia, sixteen fourteen Canada in the frame. Th- that second period's nuts. That's, that's all I'm gonna say. Yes, that was the one thing re- re-watching this game that that I forgot how bonkers that second period was. Uh. So third period's delayed slightly because they're doing net repair behind Hofer. There's a hole in the back of the net, so they're fixing all that up. They're shining up the trophy. Then some men of culture show up a beer cup stack that I'm pretty sure is taller than Phil. Phil, yes. how tall are you, roughly? Uh, I'm about 5'8". Yeah, it's taller than you. <laughs> it might be. Uh, uh, that, is, that is like senior hockey by night. Like kind of stack of cups. That's 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 impressive. Ray goes. That's a Ray goes. That's a shift. <laughs> Gord goes. Gord replies. That's just today. <laughs> Again, not long. Better killing time. Uh, and then Ray goes. Oh, we ran into some fans who were at the Spangler Cup this week as well. And I just start crying because there's no Spangler Cup this year. Yeah, pull one out for the Spangler Cup. <laughs> For you, it's Zach Fukali Christmas every year now. Basically, and it's and it's and it's a lot of this guy plays where? What? Well, He's still playing? <laughs> what do you mean he still playing hockey? Uh, <laughs> third period finally gets rolling. Uh, first real or only real chance on the Canada power play comes about twenty, almost thirty seconds into the period, about twenty-six second mark. Hating of a slap pass in front that just tipped wide by Dylan Cousins. Right after the penalty's killed off, about 30 seconds later, why is Connor McMichael by himself along the boards? Right. Uh, Lavoie sets up a breakaway and is a blocker saved by Mithoff. Then not a lot happens until 11.23 left to go here in the third period. And this play. Makai took a lead pass that was knocked down at center ice. Moved ahead by Sorkin. He finds Kruglov. Pumped there by Smith. 
Now for a sharp angle, that shot taken by Ratich, heads up by Homer. Third chance in front, can shot score! Action Sorkin snaps it home, and Russia leads 3-1. Joel Hofer has made next to no mistakes in the Canadian goal. He makes one here as a sharp angle shot he can't handle, and the rebound is going to allow the play to continue. There's really nothing going on in this play. Russia will chip it deep. And this shot from the corner. Hofer leads the rebound, and that leaves McIsaac stuck halfway between defending Sorkin in front of the net. He tries to block it. Sorkin shot. His first point of the tournament beats Joel Hofer. Canada's getting a huge hole now. Down by two with 11 minutes left. Ray pretty much just broke it all down. But shot from Reshev's shot bounces out to Sokla, or to uh, Kruglov, not Sokolov, excuse me. He gets it behind Sorkin. Sorkin scores his first goal of the tournament, the 8.46 mark. Kruglov and Reshev with the assist. It is now a 3-1 lead for the Russians. And that's a big three, that's a big third period goal to make it a two-goal lead for the for the Russians there because they've got the fire, they've got the, the defense to hold on, they've got the firepower to score more if, if need be, and it's something that could deflate Team, team Canada. But spoilers, there's something that happens. Let's hear that something that happens, shall we? Well, 11 minutes to go here in the third period. Russia with a two-goal lead. Seeking their first gold medal since 2011 when they beat Canada in a comeback in Buffalo. Moved ahead by Cousins. In comes Cousins across the line. Dylan Cousins works back along the boards. Drops that back to Byron. He feeds it across to Addison. Kaylin Addison is shot. That trickle down. They score! Tipped by McMichael. And Canada's back within one. Second after the Russian goal. This might get reviewed. But McMichael turned away on the breakaway earlier. Gets a deflection here. Kalen adds of a shot that's deflected in by Connor McMichael. This is a strange play. Shot by Addison. It goes off of a block from Veronikov. Then goes off McMichael's left skate and right skate. McMichael's not even looking. The wild bounce into net. Another lawn review once again. And I was just going to say, that, 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 that review took far longer than it should have, but I understand why it took that long, because they were trying to determine if McMichael had turned his his, his skate or not to direct the puck in, because any, the, the IHF rule is that you can't turn your skate in any way, shape, or form to direct the puck mm-hmm. into a net, period. So they were trying to figure out for the longest time if he did that or not. And Ray makes a valid point. He said, he, McMichael doesn't even know where the puck is. How is he supposed to turn both of his legs to direct it into the net so it eventually ends up being a good goal? Mm-hmm. So McMichael gets credit with the goals. Fifth of the tournament. Assists to Kalen Addison and Bowen Byram. It's now 3-2 at the 920 mark of the period. He doesn't get a point to play, but Dylan Cousins kind of all starts that sequence off after that yes. based on getting things rolling. Cousins is great on that shift. Yes, Dylan, I agree. Dylan Cousins really good. Who knew? Ooh. <laughs> uh, about a minute after that, McMichael almost have another opportunity. He almost sprints away with the puck after stealing it from Hovanov, but Liam Foody is just offside. 
857 left in the in the third period. Sorkin's point shot is redirected by Rishev in front. Hofer closes the five hole just in time. Ensuing faceoff. Voronkov gets called for cross-check and basically truck sticks Tiger Landry off the faceoff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Unlike the Valena one, this one is pretty sure it's a penalty. <laughs> yeah, shot in the dark, but there's no argument with this one. Alright, Canada's on the power play here. Let's see what happens. Wins the faceoff back to Addison. Kaelin Addison for Lafreniere. Alexi Lafreniere back to Kaelin Addison. Across the heat, walks it and shoots, scores! Score a tying goal in the gold medal game. Part of my French, Phil. Barrett motherfucking Hayton. <laughs> Unfamiliar with him. Hound power legend. Time and space. Top shelf snipe. Tie game. Sixth of the tournament. Assist to Addison and Lafreniere. 1121. Imagine having Barrett Hayton and hardly playing him. Fuck you, John Chica. Anyway, I'm not bitter at all. Phil, your thoughts on the play? Uh, the fact that that was. Probably the the third time he took any kind of hard shot at the net in the whole entire game ends up being the game time goal. And it is seems a snipe. Imp- seems impressive. Yeah, exactly. Like he's he's got a bump shoulder and he absolutely rips it top shelf and it's just wow. I I, I have no other words for that. It was just everything about that was imp- imp- impressive and what do you expect out of a captain in essence. Not a lot happens in the next few minutes after that goal. Though Hayton leaves again, so the lines can jump a little bit because Hayton gets... I can't remember. I think it's Morozov who hits him. Uh, he gets into yeah, the boards and tweaks his shoulder a little bit. Yeah, and it wasn't even... And it's something that Dre Ferraro points out that it wasn't even a, a hard hit. It was the way the hit occurred that, 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 that jarred his shoulders. And you could tell instantly that it kind of re-aggravated whatever injury Hayton had. So he had to leave and get it, I don't know, put some A535 on it for the next five minutes or whatever they did. But <laughs> Handyman's secret weapon, duct tape. <laughs> exactly. Anyway, we're about four and a bit left on the clock here. And you just mentioned with Hayton out, the lines start to jumble. Something that Gord Miller's going to talk about in this play, just as you hear who comes on the ice. You may know what happens next if you paid any attention to World Juniors over the years. <laughs> Raphael Lavoie skates it in along with Nolan Foot in Canada changing. Lavoie fires, that goes high. Foot back on it, knocks it down. Off the bench comes Thomas. Lavoie works it free. Back for Thomas. A kill Thomas to the point he goes. The puck squirted out. Mom Bernard Docker. Moved ahead. In comes Thomas with a chance. Moved it, but he scores! Kill Thomas has given Canada the lead. With less than four minutes to go for the third period. His first goal of this World Junior Hockey Championship. Akil Thomas had played under four minutes in this game through two periods. He's on the ice with the injury to Barrett Hayden. The centers are moved around a little bit. It's loose puck. Akil Thomas jumps to it. The second round pick of the Los Angeles Kings gets to the loose puck. Miftahoff misses the poke check. His first goal, as you mentioned, Gord, his second point of the tournament. And Akil Thomas 
has made it 4-3 Canada. And now Valeri Bragan is talking to referee Lassie Heikkinen. The only thing I could think that they may be challenging or want to challenge is the entry into the into the zone. It seems like it's okay. Think of Tyler Steenbergen. A couple of years ago in Buffalo. Doesn't have a shift forever. His first goal of the tournament turns out to win the gold medal. Can Akil Thomas have done the same thing? Damn you, Ray Ferraro. You stole my line about Tyler Steenbergen. <laughs> anyway, Akil Thomas gets the puck. He basically just streaks in after getting the puck after a little tip by McMichael from a pass from Jacob Bernard Docker. More on that in a second. Puck goes through Daniel Mislu, makes a nifty move on Miftahov. He scores his first goal of the tournament. 16.02 left on the clock. Canada now leads 4 to 3. Yeah, it was just basically a defensive breakdown for the for the Russians. They were at that point in time, like the the string was starting to unwind. They were starting to take they were they, they were breaking down defensively, they were starting to lose their cool a little bit. Well, that's coming, that, but... <laughs> yeah, I was just going to say spoilers on 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 that, but uh, Akil Thomas' goal just kind of started the vast un- un- unraveling of the Russian team at that point in time. But even then, it's like a bang-bang play, though, because, yeah. I mean... Bernard or Bernard Darker makes the pass. Michael just basically tips, and Thomas is right there and just sprints past him. So there's not much they can do per no. se so, on that particular yeah. play. Yeah, exactly. Now, on the stat sheet, it says Thomas from McMichael and Kaelin Addison, which is very impressive. Seeing that Kaelin Addison isn't on the bench, he's exactly. on the he's on the bench. How <laughs> <laughs> Bernard Docker passes the puck out on the stat sheet. His players on ice. Bernard Docker. Where is Addison getting a point? Right? Yeah. I am going to blow people. I'm like blowing my mind. I'm going to have to leak something. It's incredible here. Kalen Azen shouldn't have three assists in the gold medal game. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking at the double IHF uh, uh, list right now, and I didn't I didn't notice that until you mentioned it. And I went, yeah, you're right. That's weird. <laughs> Somebody screwed up somewhere. I like how it's not even noticed like a year after the fact. It's like the 2016 <laughs> yeah. game. Uh, Matt Kachuk is credited with the goal, but every, but people are saying that Christian Dvorak still tipped in. That's like four years later. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Anyway, another story for another day. About a minute and so after that goal, Kevin Ball is called for hooking on Vasily Podkolzin. Woof! <laughs> woof! Yeah. That, the, that, I have no other words for that, woof. Yeah. <laughs> also, they show a replay of Vasav Trechak in pain, brother. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Russia takes a timeout here. Mitov is pulled... Uh, Romanov was a blast about 10 seconds into the power play, or blasting from Zamula about 10 seconds into the power play. Hover makes the save. About 20, uh, not about 30 seconds into the power play. Hover goals for the net! <laughs> Which was impressive, and even Ray makes mention of the fact that it was, he's like, he must really want that goal, but, I mean, sure, I got it out, that's all that matters. Could you imagine <laughs> if a goalie scored in a World Junior Gold Medal game? Oh my, God, I want to... I would have remembered that game a lot better had Joel Hofer scored that. <laughs> uh, Russian goalie coach Nikolai Habibulin is asking for the goaltender back in. It doesn't happen. Now, because I'm used to the numbers from this tournament, I see number yeah. one, which would be the hot number, but I'm thinking of this year's tournament. I'm screaming, oh my god, are they going to put Askarov in the net here all of a sudden? <laughs> <laughs> Askarov not wearing the traditional Russian number one for a top net minor during this tournament, by the way. Just putting yes. that out there. <laughs> Anyways. 
Candace still on the penalty kill here when a new national hero emerges. Two minutes to go in the third period. In comes Mike Colton across the line. Drops that back, wraps around, Cohen Byram slaps it off the board, but not out. Morozov knocks it down for Romanov. Now Dudas on. Aiden Dudas shovels that off the camera. And that's going to be a penalty oh. to Canada for delay of game. It hit the camera above the glass. Now that is... Got to check on this now. There would be ground rules, if you will, discussed about this. Is the camera in play or is it out of play? is out of it's out of play i mean looking at that angle that puck is out of play now the referees don't have that look right they won't have a secondary look here the linesman immediately called a two-minute penalty doesn't look like it's gonna be a penalty against canada The Russians are infuriated. This is not going to be a penalty. That camera is our TSN center ice camera. That is behind the glass. It's placed behind the glass for that purpose. Oh, boy. Goalpost from the 2014 Olympic women's hockey final between Canada and the USA became a cult hero. We have a new one, Phil. The TSN camera. Phil's. Yeah. It, Go ahead. Uh, it's it, it, it's it's funny because at at the time they were they were talking about how that camera was out of play, but during this year's tournament it was brought up yet again, and it was. It, it, Somewhere in the IIHF rulebook, it states that that camera, because it is affixed to the glass around the arena, that it is considered in, in play, which they didn't know at the time of that game. So that's something fascinating, you know, in, retro, in uh, retrospect. But the Russians were pissed. Mm-hmm. So Dudas' backhand attempt floats and hits the camera without the penalty box. And the way it's hitting, it looks like it's going to go in where the box is. Yes. Because the re- so you see it on the replay, and Ray mentioned, the linesman is already signaling two minutes for delay of game, which would have given yeah. a minute and four uh, power play, five on three yeah, power that, play for Russia that at that given point. That five on three, wouldn't it? Yeah, and I yeah. suspect they might have scored. I mean, we've talked yeah. about Russian power play, but it gotten better as the game went on, so. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The, the, the first power play unit figured things out after the first period, and they were... Um, fantastic isn't the word, but as close to that as you could get mm-hmm. after that. Granted, the power play this wouldn't have lasted long, potentially. Yes. Uh, yeah. 20 <laughs> seconds into this one, that's currently happening. Dorofayev gets called for interference. Similar to Joe Valeno play on Sorokin, or Sorokin in the first period, uh, Dorofayev sends Liam Foody's stick into Rosette. Yes. Anyway, so it's 4-on-4 four four for 44 seconds. And we now join this sequence in process about a minute or so to go, just as Amir Mitov is about to head back to the bench. Now in the four-on-four, four, Denisenko. In across the Canadian line, Denisenko. Heels back, inside a minute to go, Mitov to the bench. 
Rush with the extra skater on the ice. In comes Romanov. Head back in the corner. Romanov. Denisenko. Morozov. Denisenko. Lions and shoots a stick broke. Picked up by Cody. Plays it back to center ice. And now Canada on the power play. Denisenko slams his stick to the ice in frustration. And he's going to get a penalty here, I believe. Denisenko's going off with 37 seconds left in the third period. Five on three, Canada. For the rest of the third period. And the captain... He's unglued in the penalty box. Denisenko of a shot that explodes from the point. Liam Flutie tries to go after it. Denisenko of a broken, broken stick penalty as well he's trying to play the puck. Good old international rules once again. Gordon is going, he is looking unglued. Watching the replay. I'm not sure if he's unglued. I think he's more just like, oh, God's sake. <laughs> yeah. And, I think he's uh, shook more than anything. Yeah, I was just going to say, I, I, I don't know if he didn't know that his stick exploded or not when he was trying to go after that puck but the second that that broken stick hit the hit the puck it was it was a penalty and he just whips that thing right into the ice after after the penalty goal or after the after the whistle goes so it, it's it's the the end of the un unraveling of the Russian team at that point yeah so yeah, like you said, though, it was, um, at that point, Russia's kind of rip. Uh, and yeah, all that stuff had yeah. kind of gone on. It was an emotional journey that went they went on. And, and that pretty much wrapped things up at this point as we hear the big finish. Canada playing keep away now. Lafreniere in the corner for Cousins. Cousins. 20 seconds to go in the third period. Lafreniere back to Byram. Byram shovels it down to Lafreniere. Looks down to Cousins. Ten seconds to go in the third period. Pink feeds it down to Cousins. Telling Cousins, in, shoot, hit the house the save. And Canada's going to win it. It's a gold medal in Ostrava. As Canada comes back and beats Russia for the three. things I love about the final seconds there, Phil. Dylan Cousins does not give up on the play and almost scores two goals in the span of ten seconds. And Bowen Byron oh is already celebrating with like five seconds left. What a national hero. <laughs> you love to see it. That does it. <laughs> Canada wins 4-3. to three. Final shots are 38-30 to 30 for Russia. 14-7 in the final frame. Canada gets their second gold medal in the last three years. They're third in the last six years and their 18th overall. For Russia, it's their fourth silver medal since winning in 2011, those silver medals, as you mentioned earlier, besides this year, 2012, 2015, and 2016. Final stats, Kalen Addison allegedly has three assists. Well, we broke that theory. He had two assists. Yes. Yeah, exactly. uh, Connor, Connor McMichael goal in the six. Alexis Lafreniere with two assists. Joe Hofer, 35 saves. Gregory Denisenko leads the way for Russia with a goal and an assist. 26 saves for Amir Miftahov uh, to finish off the game. All right, it's time to hand out some awards. Phil, do you remember who the major award winners were from this World Juniors? Uh, I can't remember any of them, to be honest. Perfect. I'm going to break some news for you then. Um, Good. Goaltender of the tournament was Joel Hofer. No surprise there. Top yeah, defenseman. No surprise whatsoever. Uh, Toronto Maple Leaf slash Marley on loan. Former Sue Greyhound. 
Rasmus Sandin. Oh, shut up. <laughs> he gets the top even honors of Sweden. And top four to MVP, not a real surprise because he had like 10 points in like half the games. Alexis Lafreniere. I'm familiar with him. All right. So what was the aftermath for these teams? Well, let's start off with Canada. We'll go through it here by position. Uh, when it came to goaltenders, Nico Dawes was named OHL Goaltender of the Year and was taken in the third round by New Jersey Devils. Kalen Addison's rights were dealt by the Pittsburgh Penguins to the Minnesota Wild about a month after tournament as part of the Jason Zucker trade, or Zucker, depending on how you want to call him. Uh, Kevin Ball's rights were dealt before the tournament even started to the New Jersey Devils. Uh, that was part of the Taylor Hall trade, I believe. Yes. Ty, Ty Smith repeated as WHL top defensive for the second year in a row, also won CHL defensive of the year. Jared McIsaac's right, or was, uh, was right, but Kyrie McIsaac was part of the everybody gets traded in the queue after the tournament deals. Uh, he was dealt to Moncton. Uh, and Gina Dreisel was sixth overall pick by Anaheim. Of course, a lot of these trades didn't end up working well because, well, the season got canceled because of COVID. I don't know if you heard quick, about this. Quick, quick shout out to all of the Q trades that, that are like, here, we're going to trade these three players to you, but you're going to give us 27 picks back. And, and then we're going to give you three of those players back at the draft. Exactly. Roll corruption. Um, <laughs> That's my favorite part of the queue. But. <laughs> uh, alphabetical order again on the forward side of things. Quinton Byfield, who, as you mentioned, didn't play at all in this game. Sure. I guess. Sure, yeah, he was the 13 forward, but in hindsight, that seems really wonky. Anyway, he was second overall pick by the Los Angeles Kings. Uh, Nolan Foote's rights were dealt to the New Jersey Devils about a month after this tournament as part of the Blake Coleman trade by Tampa Bay Lightning. Liam Foodie would end up making his NHL debut later uh, in the season before the COVID shutdown uh, with the Columbus Blue Jackets on emergency call-up. He ends up playing for them on a regular basis during the playoffs, and he'll probably make the roster full-time this year. Barrett Hayton, as you may know, has a bum shoulder. Yes. As a result, he did not get traded uh, in the OHL, which had been rumored. Now, granted, this may be some OHL message for Bossip, and who knows what to say. But there had been some scuttlebutt, at least around the suit, that he was going to get traded to the Peter. His rights were going to get traded to the Peterborough Peets, who were contending and... That's his hometown team. Yes. Instead, he ends up playing the AHL and the NHL a little bit, and he'll probably get some ice time now because bargain basement Dubas Chica is gone. I'm not bitter. I'm just saying. You salty now. Wait till, hear, wait till we <laughs> Eric Lindros appears in this podcast. Let me tell you. Alexis, oh, no. <laughs> speaking of salty, there's more in a second. Alexis Lafreniere was named QMJHL and CHL MVP for the second year in a row. Wow, imagine hardly playing him and saying he's been crap. This year he was there in the tournament for the first time. Didn't work badly for Tim Hunter. Uh, Lafreniere, of course, to no one's surprise, went first overall to the NHL draft taken by the New York Rangers. Uh, we talked about Q trades. Both Raphael Lavoie and Dawson Mercer were dealt to Shikunami. Since the Peets couldn't get Barrett Hayton, they ended up going all in and getting Akil Thomas from the yeah. Niagara Ice Dogs. And Joe Valeno finished out the season in Grand Rapids in the AHL. When it comes to this year's roster for Canada, there are six players back from a team that won gold in the Czech Republic. Bowen Byron, Jamie Drysdale on defense, Quinton Byfield, Dylan Cousins, Conrick, Michael Dawson, Mercer. All pretty good players, I would say. Unfamiliar with any of them. I thought so. <laughs> As for the Russians, this is Valerie Brangens, at the moment, last time coaching the World Junior Team. Shortly after the World Juniors, he would leave to become the head coach of SKA St. Petersburg and Russia's national team program. Assistant coach Igor Larionov promoted to the head coaching role. Also assistant coach in this game, Andre Turnier, currently head coach for Canada as well. Both goaltenders that played in the tournament end up getting drafted. Askarov 11th overall by the National Predators. Mivtohov 6th round by the Tampa Bay Lightning. Defensive side of things, Igor Zamula is dead. <laughs> wow. <laughs> this one's confusing because shortly after the tournament, they announced he's got to have season-ending back surgery. But everyone's like, oh, Calgary's going to make a move to get a defenseman. Nope. 
<laughs> no, yeah, and, th- and and I remember being severely con- confused by that because we we believe Calgary to be competing for WHL championship, so it, it only makes sense. They had picks coming out the out the wazoo. It was like great, did something, but they did. Maybe they knew there was absolutely. a pandemic. Who's to say? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Maybe yeah. <laughs> well, corruption. But yeah, in 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 hindsight, them doing absolutely nothing turned out to be just fine considering what happened thanks pandemic but at the time we were going what are you doing calgary yeah it didn't make any sense anyway exactly uh, speaking of the defensive side of things alexander romanov signed with the montreal canes in may he'll more than likely be on their roster i think at some well, even at the start yeah. of the season this at some point this year exactly so, the forward side of things denisenko signed with the florida panthers in the summer uh, Groshev was a third-round pick by Tampa Bay. Sokolov, a second-round pick, gets re-entry by the Ottawa Senators. And three players from this Russia roster on the current roster that is playing in Edmonton. Askarov, of course, a starting net miner. Forwards, Groshev and Vasily Potkolzin. All right, Phil, I think we know the answer to this, but is this game worth watching? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> I agree. 100%. <laughs> um, fantastic game from start to finish. I'm not sure where it ranks. On the World Junior Pantheon at this point, I feel like some time has to pass before you kind of figure out where yeah. it fits in on some of the games. Spoilers: there's usually not a bad gold medal game, especially in the last decade. But yeah. definitely a game should worth checking out. Um, even like maybe not right away, even a little bit further down the line. Obviously, there's still a tournament going on here right now as we're recording yeah. this. But on as you more than likely listen to this, but yeah, still definitely something I think that you should check out. If you're looking back on the games of 2020, this is one you shouldn't overlook. TSN disagrees, but what do they know? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. All right. Well, Phil, thanks for doing this once again. We'll have you on here at some point again, at some point uh, during 2021 as the calendar winds on. But uh, yes, all we'll the best. I'll be doing a five overtime game again. Chance uh, more than but... likely. But uh, <laughs> thanks for doing this. I'm not sure what game we're going to do next, but I do know that eventually, when things get back to some sort of level of normalcy, you, I, and Michael Lexon have two sh- games in mind that we're going to do without giving things away. That yes, would be pretty and, fun. And it's, it's right up all of our alleys, so it's going to be fantastic. Roller derby. That's what we're covering. <laughs> See, Phil knows it. Uh, exactly. If you want to listen to other episodes of the podcast, you can. If you want to listen to the five overtime game as a warm-up for this one, I guess, uh, you can do so. Go to anchor.fm slash lucas Bunkari. You can also f- subscribe on Apple Podcasts slash iTunes, and also find the show on Spotify. To search for Let's Remember Some Sports on there. Thanks for listening once again. All the best in 2021, and we'll talk again soon. What an amazing comeback for Canada. Down 3-1 in the third. The Connor McMichael goal, 34 seconds after trailing by two. Spurs the comeback. McMichael, Barrett Hayton with an inspirational goal on the power play to tie. And Akeel Thomas, much like Tyler Steenbergen a couple of years ago, rarely used, comes up enormous with the gold medal winning goal. And Canada wins gold. And on the list of Canadian junior legends, add the name of the captain, Barrett Hayton, who tied the game in the third. He's with Tessa Benham. Barrett, be honest, were you at 100% ahead of this one or what? Not quite, but I wouldn't miss this for the world. I wouldn't miss this for the world. All of Canada thanks you for that. Walk me what went through your mind the second you saw that puck go in the net that you shot. Nothing. I was just taking it all in. The fans here have been unbelievable. 
makes me proud to be Canadian seeing all these guys over here. What makes this team so special? Never been with a group of guys come together this quick. We're from all over, but the chemistry in this group is unbelievable. Look, Coach Dale Hunter has coached some amazing teams. He knows what it takes to win. What makes him such a special coach? His details. He's dialed in with everything. Like you see, defense wins these tournaments. We need special teams. I think he dialed in all the details and obviously it showed well. How's the shoulder feeling? Like a million bucks. <laughs> thank you so much. Go enjoy your teammate. Yeah, thank you. Performance by the captain Barrett Hayton. And as you mentioned, an unlikely hero in Akil Thomas. A 20-year-old turned 20 earlier this week. He's with Tessa. Akil, we're on to you, man. You waited for this last game to score your first goal of the tournament. Walk us through it all. Yeah, you know, I was in the, was in the third period. I was, you know, being patient. Hoping my time would come. Score, bro! Score! Yeah. Our, our D made a nice pass, and I saw a loose puck, and uh, I just kind of reacted, and uh, I scored. I talked to you early in the week about roles and how important they were with this team. You blocked a major shot in the first period on the penalty kill. How great does it feel to finally be able to celebrate all of this with this group of guys? It doesn't feel real. Obviously, we've been together for a month now, and I look at these guys like I've been with them for years, and it's been such a fun month, and you know, I, just, I just wanted to do as much as I could to help the boys, and as I said, I was just staying patient, and uh, my, my time came. How much does a goaltender like Hofer instill confidence in a team? Oh, it's unreal. You know, we, we trust in him, and he obviously did amazing, and obviously we wouldn't, have, we wouldn't have won without him. Well, congratulations. Thank you. Canada's first European gold medal since 2008, also here in the Czech Republic. Canada won in this building back in 1994. Also a dramatic gold medal win in the old round-robin format. There's the Hofer family. What a night in Ostrava.